Welcome to Sustainably in Love with your hosts Sebastian and Guilherme. We're going to be embarking ourselves on an endless journey to raise massive awareness debunking sustainability in fashion. Yeah, right, everyone talks about it, but what do they really mean? Is it organic, recycled, plastic-free products? Slow fashion circular economy business models? Or maybe all the way up to ethical fashion and fair trade social values? So much to debunk, so much to uncover. Come on, join us and let's get into it. Hello, Sustainably in Love community. How is everyone doing? Today, I have a special guest coming to the show. I got Ed Andrew. How's, how's it going, Ed? Very good, Sebastian. Very pleased to be here. Thank you very much. Yeah, this is an absolute pleasure. And I just want to do a, a short introduction and I'll, I'll give the floor to you. So today for everyone, we're going to be talking about uh, human, human impact. Um, and Andrew, for starters, he's an author, he's a transformational coach, uh, and his podcast, Human Impact, has brought a lot of great people. Like recently, one of, one of uh, a really good episodes that I listened to was uh, with John Perkins talking about deaf economies. And from one side, we were talking about behind scenes with Ed, and for him, sustainability is one of his passions, right? And this is why we got together, and he's also been a business owner of his own fashion brand. So he understands well the waste, um, the unethical values, the problem in, in what it is that is happening right now in fashion. Um, but a lot, a lot to say in that regards. And if you want to check out uh, his free ebook, you can go to edandrew.com and he's got the golden ticket to your dream job. And uh, that's um, an awesome book that he wrote. So check it out for starters and, and check out as well the free training that he has on his website. Now, as, as for getting started between you, uh, between you and me, uh, firstly, I'd love to just uh, share a little bit, uh, for you to share a little bit with the, with the community what you're up to these days um, with your podcast and with your own consultancy. Um, well, thanks very much, Sebastian. The podcast really, um uh, by its name, Human Impact is really about interviewing people who are making um, a positive impact on the planet and on people. So they can be entrepreneurs, environmentalists, scientists, um, nutritionists, sort of world leaders in their space and emerging leaders, all people who are congruent with my mission, which is bringing humanity to work and life. Um, and sustainability uh, is obviously a very large part of that and the environment and so, yes, you meant, kindly mentioned John Perkins has, has been on. Um, I'm interviewing uh, Jeremy Lent tomorrow. I've had David Corton on and Manfela Ramfeli, who um, was the South African. Well, she was, a, she was nominated as a candidate for the South African presidential election four years ago. She's chairman of, chairman of um, Nelson Mandela Foundation, former managing director of the World Bank. And has actually got wow. two children or had two children with Steve Biko, um, obviously a very well-known anti-apartheid campaigner in South Africa. But they're, just, they're the part of this movement called the Ecological Revolution, which is something I'm fascinated about because for me, it is not about our governments and our nations um, who are going to impact the greatest changes us as individuals and we have a collective responsibility for that so that's that that sort of gives context to the podcast the human impact my coaching is transformational coaching um and thank you for for sharing the book as well that's for people who are going through some uh, career change career transition i've coached 
over 15,000 people in, in 40 countries to date. But the main aim is the transformational coaching, which is for those people who are generally high performing, high achieving, but maybe things have not gone so well for them recently. They're beginning to experience some form of um, crisis um, and they're not quite sure how to get out of that. Some of them, that crisis is, uh, has been very traumatic. And for others, it's a question of mental um, and cognitive um, lack of clarity. So they're looking for a change of lifestyle and change of work right. and career. And so that work is, um, you know, for many people coming out of corporate life, as also I do a lot of work with veterans who are experiencing PTSD. To me, that's probably the most impactful work we can do because it actually offers the opportunity for someone to change the life and, and actually lead the life that they deserve and the one that they've always wanted, but never potentially quite grasped. In other words, there's always something which is nagging them on the shoulder saying there's something else. and They've never quite understood what that is. And I myself was one of those people. So that's why it's um, such a, a powerful uh, training program. That's awesome. You know, and I, I, going a little bit back, you know, taking a step back to some, some of the stuff you said, you know, you truly have spoken to a lot of deep thinkers in the space of ecological revolution. And like you were saying, you know, they, were, they have a collective responsibility as individuals to restore humanity and leave our species and mm. planet in better shape than we found it. And not to be driven by materialistic personal goals, but to serve others. So I really like how you've put that in, how you have articulated this. I'm quoting you here. And you said, there is no <laughs> us and them. There's just one human race. So yeah. with that said, I love to kick off the, 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 with the first question of how can we create, how can we create collective responsibility as individuals? Well, it's a very interesting question. I, I think what it means when I'm what I say collective responsibility is that we as individuals have a responsibility to establish our own conscious awareness of the planet, of what we do, of the food we buy of um, the waste products we create, of the clothes we buy, whether it's cars, houses, materials, whatever it is that we do on, our, on a day-to-day -day basis, is we break it down into what, are we, what do we need and what do we want? Because often what we want far outstrips what we need. And if we can simplify our life um, to trying, if you have the opportunity to even grow your own vegetables or herbs or whatever, whatever it happens to be, yes. and then down to the food you eat. So there's a lot of talk about, I mean, myself, I'm a practicing vegan um, and I do that for health reasons and also philosophically as well. And awesome. I've been on that journey for fantastic for like eight years, but then not many people talk about organic regenerative farming. So, you know, we can have a healthy, supposedly healthy diet, but if we're still encouraging chemicals and pesticides going into our soil, there's, there is no regeneration of the soil. North America is incredibly nutrient deficient and many people believe it can't recover. And when I say collective responsibility, it means we go to farmers markets, we try and buy chemical free food, we try and buy um, organic food if we can afford it, but we try to make a difference. And if more of us make a difference individually, we then have this collective responsibility, which is we're going to do it together. Now, it doesn't mean we all have to sit around and talk around the same things. It just means that we all have an erasing of our consciousness to how we run our lives, to what we consume. Um, 
And I think that is where the collective responsibility comes in because no one's going to do it for us. Like governments have their own economic and political agendas. They have them at a state level, but it's up to us as individuals to make a difference because if enough people say, I'm no longer buying your products, if there are hundreds of thousands of saying we're no longer buying your products, those companies won't exist anymore or they will have to change. That's where, so my belief is change can be made in two ways. You can do it top down or you can do it bottom up. Bottom up is the harder way. That is the revolutionary way. But I think what we're seeing is that that has become more necessary. So we can make decisions, better decisions for ourselves. And that's what the, the, sort of the, the, the quote of the rising tide of human consciousness, consciousness comes from, which is that we are beginning to individually and collectively see that there is a different way and there has to be a different way. You said a lot of great things in there and what, something interesting that I think there's not a lot enough focus on is on, on carbon neutrality starting from soil, right? So mm. not many talk about, like you said, about organic generic farming and the regeneration of soil. I think that's super good point you make, you make there because naturally we don't look into those things. I think people just in general, just buy the vegetables and they don't realize that they're not chemically free, but there, there's, there's a lot of um, fumigators that go into the process and also that uh, damages the soil. So that's that's something I would and again you said like that the the politically there's the, the state has different agendas, um, yeah. and, and they're thinking at a different level, right? At a different level. If if you want proof for yourself, if anyone is you know questioning this, um, go and go to an organic farm, um, and what you'll find is an abundance of bird life. You'll find an abundance of bees. You'll find all yes. sorts of little microbes and creatures roaming around because what we're looking at it with regenerative farming is you put new, more nutrients back into the soil. We look at um, very uh, sort of um, uh, the, the local ecosystem, not the wider ecosystem. We look at the local ecosystem. What does that soil need in that particular environment, which may be different on one side of the hill to the other side of the hill? Exactly. Um, and when we have a degree of consciousness and awareness, I mean, you might go and buy some broccoli. It looks like broccoli. It might taste like broccoli, but it's got no nutrients in it whatsoever for you. So, you know, the interesting thing, where a friend of mine was, is the, he sold it recently, but he was the biggest organic um, provider in Australia. And when they put their food into the supermarket, uh, when the, the large supermarkets, um, uh, you know, started buying from them, they left all their fruit and vegetables loose as you would expect to see in a farmer's market as you expect to see in something which is maybe more um traditional no one bought it they said we don't understand you know it's organic everyone's like, once organic and we're putting it there and no one touches it so they thought okay well how else are we can do that so they started packing it in polystyrene and cling wrap and everyone bought it because they're not changing their sentiment what they're doing is thinking, well, maybe it's better for me, but I want it to look the same. So their view is if we encourage people to do that, then we can eventually remove the wrapping from it. The people like you and me don't care. We're only going to buy it without the wrapping. But if you're trying to encourage hundreds of millions or billions of people to change their ways, you cannot force your way upon them. You've got to lead them and let them work it out. Boom. I really like that. I mean, and shifting towards sort of similar parts of this conversation. So I'm going to dive deeper into everything you were just talking about. So something you also say, you know, change is often confronting 
it's, it is often challenging. It is mm. often painful, but it is also liberating. So, and on top of that, I want to just add the, a quote from Lao Tzu that I really like. Yeah, yeah. I love Lao Tzu, yeah. Yeah, Lao Tzu is amazing. And he said, the journey of a thousand miles starts with one single step. And I'm going to say, for, for us as humanity, it starts with one single green step when we, when we talk about sustainability. Why is it that it makes it so hard for, for humans to change their habits for the better of the world and the environment? Well, I think it goes back to there's a saying that I have with all of my coaching clients and students, which is the pain that you change, the, 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 the pain that you feel today is always far greater than the pain of the change that you fear. Can you right. say that twice, please? Yeah. The pain that you feel today is always far greater than the pain of the change that you fear. So what happens is people get into a space where they fear that the, they worry that the change they want to make is incredibly confronting. I really like right. that. It's very challenging. And so often they don't make that, but the change is incredibly liberating because what happens is once you begin to sense, to feel, to smell, to touch, to taste what the change looks like, you're never going to go back because it's just such a liberating, it's a more beautiful space that you're going to be in. But there is a pain that you've got to go through to make that change. And I think that pain for, for many people I've spoken to in this space, in the same space that I am, and people have been deeply traumatized by many different things. And what we know is that you only make the changes today is so great that you have to make that change. Now that's what, that's the, the tipping point that we want to try and move backwards and to express that you don't need to experience that in order to make the change. And don't forget, I mean, you can, you can go down many different paths. You can say, all you have to do is open up the internet and go onto CNN or something like that, or whatever your favorite news channel is. And you just find, you just get exposed to this, um, enormous quantity of negative information so if you think about how do you change well no one wants you to change the information you're being fed is don't change stay where you are keep your head down keep your job keep your house keep your family just don't don't do anything and you'll be fine and i think we've been that message has been promoted for such a long time way too long um way too long the people have forgotten. And I think the other thing, one of the biggest issues we face, um, and certainly in my opinion, is that for the last 200 years post-industrial revolution, um, is that us men in particular have been valued for what is in their head, not for what's in their heart. So we know we have three brains. We have a one in our head, the logic brain. We have a heart brain. And then we have our gut brain, which is what we're discovering now about microbiome. But, we haven't lived in those other spaces. We're an animal. A human being is an animal, right? We are. And whether people want to admit it or yeah. not, that's true. We are a species. And mm. we're highly evolved because we have an incredible ability to, to sense and to think and have a, this logic brain. But Our lizard brain as well is there, right? That's our lizard brain, yeah. yeah. The monkey mind, the lizard brain, <laughs> the reptilian brain. If we spend too much time up in the head, what happens is we can manipulate any thought we have. So, so you think, okay, well, I'm, I want to be more conscious. I, I don't want to, um, 
um, you know, I, I, I don't want to use, we don't use any, um, we don't use a dishwasher. We have in the house. I haven't used it for eight years because I don't want to put that stuff into my body and into, into the planet as well. But you'll think, well, you know what? It's just a little bit quicker. I can save 10 minutes and I can spend more time watching TV. Right. Because yeah. it's all being processed. But if you sat back and you felt that for a second, well, what's the right thing to do? It really doesn't feel good. So let's not do it. You can apply to anything. If you start engaging with your intuition and you start listening to the warning bells that you have about all the different things that you are exposed to in life, then you can make the change because you know you're actually doing it from an informed place because the logic brain, the monkey mind, will manipulate every thought that you have to produce the agenda you want. The thing is your heart can't do that. I really like all that you said, you know, and, and it's there's so much truth in it and for everyone i want to i want to i want to repeat this part so that it's it's well remembered in like you said it I, I like it straight how you said you know the pain that you feel today is always far greater than the pain of the change you fear and mm -hmm. so true right there so true and you know i really want to talk about so many things with you ed but i want to wrap it up <laughs> <laughs> i want to wrap it up with this this last question that i want to ask you what sustainable and conscious advice would you like to give humanity? And it can be, uh, since you've been a business owner in fashion, it can have some relation towards fashion. Well, I think the, the bottom line is, you know, my mission is bringing humanity to work and life is, is just find something in your life. Ask yourself, who do I want to show up as every day? What I, what I, not what I want everyone to think of me, because I don't care about what people think of me. Who do I want to show up as today? What do I want to do? What difference do I want to make? What decisions do I want to make for myself, which are going to positively impact somebody else? Not listen to what your family and your friends and what the newspapers say or the, the, the media says. What do I want to do? And then go out there and, and talking about it and thinking about it doesn't do any good. You've actually got to take action. Whether that is starting to buy organic fruit and vegetables, whether that is, in our case, no longer eating animals. We don't need to eat animals, right? Whatever it is for you, whether it's using less plastic, um, whether it's you know delaying buying an, an, a new car for a, a few more years because you've got a few more years out of the current one that you have, whether it's traveling less or whether you're using different modes of transport, these are all your choices, okay? They're all your choices, but you've got to start doing something. Talking about it is academic. I mean... People have talked about this for, for, for donkey's use. You've actually got to start making a conscious choice to make some changes in your life, however small they are to start with. But once you start and then you feel good about it, you'll start making bigger changes and bigger changes and bigger changes. So for, in the fashion industry, it goes back to conscious choice. Is that product I need? Is that the best one I can get? Is that the, do I think that that company is ethical? Do I believe that buying a t-shirt for 75 cents and a pack of three is ethical? No, we know that's not true, but you could buy a hundred dollar t-shirt, which is also not ethical. So how much do you involve about go and do your research on the brands, go and do your research on the owners of those brands. How true are they? How authentic are they to the message they have? And fashion, unfortunately, has been exposed as being very inauthentic for a very long time, particularly with what's going on in America in the last few months. Oof. So my message is, you know, go and make choices for yourself. Stop listening to what the rest of the world is saying. What does it feel is right to do? And then go and do something. And then when you've done it, you can share that with a friend. 
by the way, I just did this, felt amazing. Would you like to join me when I do it the next time? And then you start building communities. I mean, just start you, building communities. Yeah, exactly. You said a lot of stuff there. And I think I'm trying, I'm, I'm, I'm even trying to compact it in, in my mind. And what the thing is, you're, you're saying some really good things because, you know, when you ask the right questions in your mind, that will prompt you, and I like to use this word, you know, evolve your habits. Because, and you, and you got to start by doing something. Like now you, you've shifted the, the direct, when we shifted the direction to fashion, and we talked about conscious choices. And super true because that means you got to do your, your, the research well on the fashion brand owners, you know. And, but at the end of the day, you, you can ask all the questions in your mind. And if you ask them right, it will prompt you to want to change. Once you are there, go and make choices for yourself. And once you start feeling it and start living it, share it with others. I think that's, that's uh, how I saw the, the, the main takeaways and in, in the wrap-up yeah, sure. right here. But I think it's, it goes deeper than asking oh. a question. Okay, so let yeah. me give you an example, Sebastian. So recently I was in a health food shop and I was buying some um, protein because I'm a vegan, so I like protein powder in my shakes, in my juices every from. morning, right? Yeah. So I go in the shop and, and I say, okay, I'm looking for an organic vegan protein powder. And so I know, and I'm sure you know, that U.S. certification of organic is nowhere near the standards of Australia, nope. because I think you can have only, you only need 70% organic, so 30% can be, can be conventional. So you can still be putting interesting stuff in your body, right? Which we don't want. And yeah, Which you don't want. And he said, okay, well, this product's from New Zealand. And I said, well, you know, New Zealand is known as being very clean, but it, if it doesn't declare where the product's from, it's probably been sourced from China. So, you got, you know, you've got to ask more questions. And he said, well, what I can tell you is that this organic product and this conventional product, the conventional product comes from Belgium, the organic product comes from China. You're probably going to find almost certainly that the conventional product, which is made in Belgium, has got less pesticides and chemicals than the organic product, which is made in China right yes <laughs> if it's australian certified it's going to be to our standards but the point is don't just ask one question ask lots and then start making a decision based on how it feels what's the right thing to do and i think that's where we make change you've got to layer question upon question upon question until you haven't left any on the table and you think right now i can make an informed decision Amazing. I'm feeling sustainably in love. Ed, thanks so much for coming <laughs> to the show, man. My pleasure, Sebastian. It's been great fun. Thank you I'll, so much. I'll be sure to leave all your, all, all your website and be, for people to reach out to, to LinkedIn. And um, I'll leave that on the show notes. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll be talking behind scenes. So I, I can include everything you want me to include on, on the yeah, show yeah. notes, of course. Put all that. Just, just only use the Ed Andrews site. I'm not using the human consultancy one anymore. I'm shifting everything to my personal brand now. Perfect. Perfect. Well, again, Ed, it's been an amazing episode. You know, like we could talk about so much and go into much deeper stuff here. Oh, it's fun. Yeah. But this has been, <laughs> been compacted. It's been powerful. I enjoyed this so much, Ed. And My let's pleasure. do this again soon. <laughs> Absolutely. My pleasure, Sebastian. You take care. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to Sustainably in Love. So what were your takings uh, from the episode? We really hope that you enjoyed it. And truthfully, our show could not grow without your support. Therefore, whether for good or bad, we would love to see uh, your review on Apple iTunes or Spotify. And hope to see you on the next episode.